Hi, Pastor Bob Yandian. Welcome again to Student of the Word. And I just want to tell you today is a special day. I have a friend of mine who's been around for a long time. His name is Happy Caldwell. We have grown up around the things of God, seen God work in the message of faith. And I'll tell you what's an honor to have him on the broadcast today. You're going to be blessed by him as we talk about what's going on in the world today and how do you handle the problems that you're seeing on the news, in the newspapers, whatever is coming across your path. God has promised you he'll take care of it. Why don't you join me today on Student of the Word? For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and study the Word of God with Bob Yandian. Oh, thank you. It's great to have you here today, too, because I look back on our past and both of us came out of a Pentecostal or charismatic background. We went through the time of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the charismatic movement, and uh, just to see where God has us today. What, what do you think about what's going on in Israel right now? This is major news, and uh, I'm, I'm pleased to know we're this close to the coming of Jesus. You know, Bob, I think one thing that the body of Christ needs to know, especially pastors, is uh, where we are in time. We're, yes. not, we're not in World War III. We're not in the no. tribulation. We're not in Revelation with the seals and vials being poured out. We're exactly where Jesus said to his disciples in Matthew 24, wars and rumors of wars. That's uh-huh. where we are. That's what's going on. And I like to set the time so we'll know where we came from, what we're doing now and where we're going. And uh, yeah. we're, we're in the And if you go over to the epistles, Jesus said wars and rumors of wars. The apostle Paul said perilous times. So that's right. That's where we are. We're in wars or rumors of wars and perilous times. And the yes. ministers need to know that. Well, you know, when Jesus said you'll hear wars and rumors of wars, his next statement was, don't be troubled. That's that right. means don't worry. And, you know, oftentimes we worry about the rumors of the wars even more than the wars that are going on. Yeah. A lot of rumors never come to pass. You know, the, there's, there's talk about attacks in our own country and attacks of other nations. Those may or may not come to pass, but the point of it is you can't live in worry. And that's, I think, one of the major messages today is the end of the tribulation is Jesus Christ coming back to rule the world. So God's given us the outcome of all this. We need to look forward in time to what it's going to be and understand if that's what it's going to be, he's going to bring us through this time right now. Yeah. We, we, well, you know, the Apostle Paul, uh, when he finished uh, the, explaining the mystery of the rapture of uh-huh. the church in 1 Thessalonians 4, he said, uh-huh. comfort one another with these words. That's right. That's right. So that's what we're supposed to be doing. That's right. So it's a time to rejoice. Yes. I had a guest minister, uh, uh, oh, I guess a few months ago now, and we were talking about the rapture and it was so <clears throat> edifying and we were all so excited. And all of a sudden, and I didn't know the guy well at all, but he, he was there with his wife and they were our guests. And he just slammed his hands down on the table and he said, rapture, rapture, rapture. He said, that's all I hear you people talking about. He said, the rapture is the most immature self-centered doctrine I've ever heard. It's not about the rapture. It's about building the kingdom. And I thought, "Uh uh-oh, I know where (laughs) he's coming from now. He's coming from the kingdom now. He thinks that it's up to us to build the kingdom and then turn it over to Jesus. That's right. that's, That's a misplaced doctrine. 
Exactly. Where did you first hear about the rapture and where did you get your main teaching from? You know, I will have to say my wife is the one that introduced me to uh, the teaching of the rapture because she was raised Baptist and then Assembly of God and she knew about the rapture. And when I got saved, she started telling me about it. Well, mm -hmm. then I started hearing Hilton Sutton teach on it. And so it, it, it made me feel like, you know, this is something I need to find out about. So I started studying it myself. And now, wow, for the last two or three years, I've just been really living in Matthew 24, 1 Corinthians 15, 1 Thessalonians 4. I've just been reading it over and over to absorb it. I have to hear things over and over again. And I would recommend that to ministers and pastors. Don't just read it once. Don't just read it for information, but meditate on it and hear what the Word of God is saying over and over and over again. So, right. Well, it, se it seems like today the rapture is rarely taught. And, it's, and worse than that, it's not understood. And we have so right. many people that are teaching on it. And it's the same thing, like you said. It's called Praetorism today. They always change the name of it. But we knew it as Kingdom Theology and that Jesus won't come until we settle the earth and settle all the problems. And then once we get the earth perfected, then Jesus will come back. My whole point is he's never coming back then because we've never been able to tame even our own cities, much less the whole world. That's right. Yeah. And you know, I called you a few weeks ago and I asked you a question because I've been hearing, uh, hearing different uh, doctrines and I had heard uh, a pastor teach. <clears throat> Actually, I think he got confused with the judgment seat of Christ and the uh -huh. great and the great white throne judgment. And he had uh -huh. us all standing there at the great white throne ju judgment, giving account of our life. And I thought, whoa, I, I said, that's that's you got us at the wrong. We're not going to be at the great white throne judgment. No, that's for the unrighteous death. We're going to be at the judgment seat of Christ. That's right. Where we get rewarded for what we've done in the that's body. It. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah, if all those at the judge, all those at the great white throne judgment end up at the lake of fire. That's not where I'm going to end up. No, sir. No, that's not where. Yeah. That's not where Jesus wants you to wind up. That's right. I think we are living in such a unique time. I never thought in my lifetime I would live to see the events that are happening right now that are shaping the time for the coming of Jesus and the end of time as we know it and the beginning of the millennial reign of Jesus. It's happening so fast. Israel has always been in or out of their, of their kingdom. They came to Israel. They were, they, you know, Abraham came and then it was a famine. So he went to Egypt, came back, went to Egypt again later. And then Isaac and Jacob, and they stayed in the land finally. Then uh, the sons betrayed Joseph and he ended up in Egypt. Then he brought them over to Egypt out of Israel for uh, you know, for, for 440 years. That's how long they were out of the country. Then they came and came back to the land. Joshua brought them to the land. Then the book of Judges, they left the land and came back so many times it was crazy and chased out of the land and came back. Then at the time of David, from his time on, they were there for years until they were, uh, they came out and went to Babylon for 70 years. We look at it and you know what though? Once Jesus saw them leave the land and talked about them leaving the land after he left, when the temple was destroyed in 70 AD, they've been gone from that land for 2000 years and you and I have got to live in the time to see them come back 
And the point is they will never leave the land again. They yes. are there forever. Yes. And Satan's going to try to kick them out, push them out. And where they willingly left before, they're going to stand firm in this day we're living in. I'm so excited to see what's going to happen in the days to come because we're living in the days of Israel being hated of all nations. That's what he said. And yet they're going to stick with the word of God. They are not yet hated of all nations. I think that happens at the rapture. When we're taken out, the hatred toward that nation is going to rise up even worse than we're seeing it today. And they're going to stay there and they're going to put their trust in God. What we're seeing is the beginning of sorrows. That's what Jesus said. This yes. is the beginning of yeah. sorrows. I think the sorrows uh, are going to be fully manifested in the, during the tribulation period. But the beginning of the sorrows we're seeing right now. And you asked about Israel a while ago. Of course, you know, I serve with John Hagee with the CUFI, Christians mm -hmm. United for Israel. And every year we go to D.C. and meet with all of our uh, Congress people. And to see what's going on in Israel right now, and you see all the anti-Semitism, it's yes. always been there. It's just surfacing mm -hmm. now. And you're seeing, <laughs> you're seeing, like you mentioned, Israel's, Israel's history has been up and down and up and down. And now they're fighting for their life. They make no excuses for it. And I try to teach people, you know, you can't join the, the anti-Semites. You, you've got to realize that Israel has a right to do what they're doing. They must do this and, and they must um, conquer uh, Hamas, Hezbollah, any of the terrorist groups. But we, we watch Israel because we know, I mean, I'm not talking about uh, um, replacement theology. Israel has its future. The church has its future. But we watch Israel and we can see the very things that the Bible talked about come to pass. You can see it on every day on television. Right. And, you know, Bob, I think one of the things, and then you can correct me or add on to it, because I think one of the things that pastors and ministers need to be aware of, the rapture of the church and the second coming of Christ are two distinct separate events. Yes. The rapture of the church takes place. First, the church is caught up to meet Jesus in the air. But then the second coming doesn't come until after the tribulation is over. And so now, seven years later. Yeah, seven years later. So we've got to get our timeline in order to teach mm -hmm. people and, and not to be afraid, not to fear, but to be prepared. And that's to, right. And to share it with other people. I think people need to understand the world isn't going to get better until Jesus gets back. We are not going to tame the world. The world's going to get worse. And Jesus is giving them an opportunity to become part of the church and escape that. It's not that he favors us above anybody else. It's this is the way things are laid out because as soon as the church go goes, the whole earth shifts back to Jewish time for seven more years. That's right. That's the tribulation. That's Daniel's 70th week. And Jesus interrupted it between the 69th and 70th week when he went to the cross. And then he separated those two times and put the church in there. But the tribulation can't begin because the church has to go up first and then the earth will shift back to Jewish time for seven more years. The gospel will be given to Israel. Israel will preach the gospel around the world. The first one saved after the church is gone is 144,000 Jews, you know, 7,000 out of each of the 12 tribes. And so they, they take up the gospel again. Angels preach the gospel. God shifts into high gear.
Yeah. During the time of the tribulation, it's the greatest time of evangelism the world has ever seen, and more people are saved. Yes. But the church will not be here. We'll be in heaven becoming the bride of Christ. So, <laughs> it's, it's exciting. We've been preaching the gospel of grace for 2,000 years, yes. the church. But the 144,000 uh -huh. Jewish evangelists are going to teach the gospel of the kingdom, meaning the king is coming. And yes. the greatest revival listed in the scriptures, it, you see evidence of it in Revelation 7, when an innumerable company of believers are standing before yes. the throne of God. And, and John asked, he said, who are these people and where did they come from? And the angel said, these are those that came out of the tribulation period. Yes. Wow. I yes. don't I don't think many people think about that. I don't I don't think they think that the, the tribulation is going to be hor horrible. It's going to be bad. But the mass of people unnumber innumerable are going to wind up saved in the kingdom of God during that time. You said something that I think is needed to be hear heard. And that is when Jesus was here and he walked on the earth and preached for those three years, he preached the gospel of the kingdom. Right. And that's what he called it. And he said about that. And so he said, you teach the God, preach the gospel of the kingdom. As soon as Jesus was risen from the dead, he changed it and said, now go preach the gospel. Yeah. He didn't say the gospel of the kingdom. But one thing interesting was in Matthew 24, and there's arguments on this verse everywhere. And it says, this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world. It'll switch back in the tribulation to the gospel of the kingdom. Right. And that's what it means, because people take that, well, Jesus can't come for the church till the gospel's preached in all the world. That is not a church age verse. It's a tribulational verse. Right. And during the tribulation, God kicks the gospel into high gear. Not only will the, the 144,000 be preaching, but also angels will be preaching. Yeah. The two witnesses will be preaching. <laughs> And also those on the earth that hear the gospel will be preaching. And so it's just a great time of evangelism. And the message will be, as soon as the tribulation's over, the kingdom is coming. Hallelujah. And that's what he preached back there. So that's why whenever Jesus was about to go up, the disciples said, is it time for the kingdom yet? And he goes, no, you don't understand. Yeah. He said, you know, but you have been anointed to preach the gospel. Yeah. So that's what we're to do. In fact, I, I really, what I see today is Christians are getting so wrapped up in, in all these other things, but they're not preaching the gospel. I, I just don't hear that many people getting saved. Right. And I think people don't even understand this is what the gifts of the Spirit are for. The main use of the gifts of the Spirit are for sinners to get them into the kingdom of God. I could preach on this all afternoon, but <laughs> what do you have to say on, on anything about that? Oh, oh I, I agree totally. And I was, I think I was reading uh, one of your books just, uh, uh, just last night about uh, the end times. I would recommend uh, to everybody, especially ministers and pastors, get the, these copies of, of Bob's books, uh, especially on the end times, end time events, all the things that are going to take place that are going on now and will continue to go on to put everything in order. Because, Bob, I, th I think Satan has uh, attempted to distract the body of Christ with other what I call winds of doctrine, fads of doctrine. He distracts us in chasing down uh, rabbit trails Instead of staying, you know, one of the messages that I preached at the minister's conference one year was keep the main thing. The main thing is 
to keep yeah. the main thing the main thing and stay yeah, on, I remember that stay on track and, and don't be distracted I sometimes I can't even watch my own network because of uh, all the goofy things that are said and I will mm-hmm. go to our general manager and I say hey can can we eliminate this program and he said no we have a contract <laughs> I said well they're they're teaching goofy stuff or well I found out that there's a lot of people in different levels of development. And so you have to minister to those that don't know, those that think they know, and and those that want to know. So I think everybody is ministering to somebody. But I want to encourage people to get your material because they'll really they'll they'll get their time sequence right and they'll get yeah. the, and and that's a key in making because if you change the time sequence, if you put the rapture at the mid-trib or the post-trib or the U-turn or whatever you want to believe, it, things don't fit. It doesn't work no. in the scriptures. So you have to have it all in the right timeline. Yeah. And, it, and it, I want to encourage everybody to do that. Well, you have a book too, The Heart of a Pastor. You were yeah. going to mention that? Yeah, that's, that's what I teach at uh, Andrews uh, Karis Bible College. And of yeah. course, you know, we were both up there at the same time when he asked us to teach in uh, CBC and uh, he wanted me to teach the heart of the pastor and I had to write my own book. It's, it's to really show the heart of a pastor and I, and I make sure that everybody knows you have to be called to be a pastor. You can't choose to be a pastor. You can't choose it mm-hmm. as a profession or you have to be called. And that's the main part. When I was ordained in the ministry, the ordination council laid hands on me and said, your life is no longer your own. You are now to serve God and serve people. Mm-hmm. That's it. For 30, That's right. You, for, mentioned, you mentioned it's not just something you choose. I would say probably about 10 years ago at Andrew's Bible, at his minister's conference, he was ministering one night and he felt such a leading to ask if everybody there knew Jesus. And these are ministers. Yeah. Seven ministers came to the front and received Jesus. Wow. He asked them after they got saved that night, these are ministers, he said, how did you get in the ministry? They said, we went to college and there were those things about this offers this. He says, we found this place where we could we could just, you know, we were preachers in churches or ministers in churches and we got a good retirement package and they went down the list of things and they said, that's why we chose it, but we've never given our lives to Jesus. And so they did that night. Wow, that's awesome. Wow. Yeah. It is. I heard a, a, a minister who graduated from seminary uh, at graduation, turned to their fellow minister and said, uh, now remember, this was seminary. This was not Cares Bible College. This was seminary, a denominational seminary. He said, what are you going to do now that we've graduated? And he said, the first thing I'm going to do is read the Bible. <laughs> because they, they didn't learn anything from the Bible. Uh, uh-huh. They learned uh, uh, what church protocol was and all that, but didn't learn yeah. the Bible. Yeah. So, huh? Well, in this day we're living in, what would you speak to pastors? Because I know a lot of pastors that I know don't know much about end times, but they also say, I don't want to get caught up in it. There's so many other things I want to minister on. What would you say as a recommendation to those ministers about teaching on end times? I think it's very important and needs to find its place. But what would you say to them? 
Well, you know, the book of Revelation says, whoever reads this book will be blessed. Mm-hmm. You get blessed by reading the book of Revelation. And you're going to have to stand in front of the Lord and, and answer or, you know, explain or answer uh, why you did certain things, uh, motivations of the heart. Um, I, I, I know now, I didn't at the beginning of the ministry when I first got saved and called, I didn't, I didn't realize the importance of the book of Revelation. I was content to let Hilton Sutton teach it because, mm-hmm. you know, it was, it was really demanding uh, uh, for me to get into all of this. I didn't, I didn't want to take the time to get into that. But since I did, oh, my goodness, I've been so blessed and so rewarded and so able to teach other people. But I would encourage people to get your books. I would te- uh, encourage people to get Charles Kapp's last book yes. that he wrote before he went to heaven, In Time Events. What event. was the title? You remember? In Time Events. In, in Time Events. In Time Events. And in that, and of course, Charles and I grew up together in the, in the ministry, and uh, Charles didn't always teach on those things until his later years. He taught faith and confession and so forth. Mm-hmm. had a great revelation of that. Brother Hagin said he was a pure faith minister. But Charles started teaching the end times. And he uncovered stuff, and I'm still uh, reading through that. He made some statements mm-hmm. uh, that could cause major wars in, in denominations. And he, he was always saying things that, you know, as he said, would knock over somebody's sacred cow. But yeah. I, I would recommend they get your books, Hilton's book, Charles's mm-hmm. book. And oh, my goodness, the Baptists have some great revelation on they do. the book of Revelation. Dr. Jeremiah, J- David Jeremiah out in California, mm-hmm. uh, he's, he's on our network and he, he teaches uh, on the rapture and um, <clears throat> the book of Revelation a lot. But get all of that material. Now, be be cautious uh, whom you read after, you know, because there's some wild stuff out there. I mean, you can go any number of directions mm-hmm. and you need to make sure the Bible interprets itself. Would you agree to that? Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you, you don't need it. The Bible says that it's of no private interpretation. The Bible will okay. interpret itself. It's, it's going to explain itself. So let the Bible do it. And if you, man, when I run across things that I don't understand, I'll just, I'll just close the book, lay it down and say, okay, Holy Spirit, you're the teacher. You're going to have to show me this because mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, well, what the first thing that Jesus told his disciples, don't be deceived. After mm-hmm. they asked him, sign of your coming, end of the age, first thing he said was, don't let any man deceive you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good word. One that one that I appreciate today too is Jack Hibbs, uh-huh. and uh, great minister, and and uh, he's got to be friends with Andrew, and uh, strong on the rapture of the church, and strong on Israel, very strong on Israel. So I've been very appreciative of his teaching. And, that's uh, that's good. Good man. Yeah. So you're right about the Baptist. I mean, fundamentally, you know, they're, they're sound on so many things. And that is one of them. I mean, some of the best teachings on end times have come from there and uh, from that background. So I appreciate them for that. 
But I under, what I think is, and, and you can comment on this too, pastors need to study in times and preach from somebody that believes in the rapture. At least if they believe in the rapture, the rest of it should fall in line with that. And so there may be some little areas where they may be off, but overall, if the person believes that Jesus is coming back for the church, that's very important. You know, Bob, I think you're one of the first ones that uh, wrote a book <clears throat> on the fivefold ministry gifts and explained mm -hmm. the pastor, evangelist, pastor, teacher, and so forth. I think, uh, and I've told my pastor this, the, uh, the mistake a lot of pastors make is, um, I don't know whether they're driven or whether they're just ignorant, but they think that they can perfect the body of Christ by themselves with that office of the pastor, the undership. Mm -hmm. But Ephesians says the church can only be perfected by the entire fivefold ministry. That's right. You have to have the evangelist, pastor, teacher, the prophet. You have to have all of those gift ministries ministering to your congregation. That's right. Because you can't do it by yourself. No. When I would have uh, Dick Mills come in, I would tell people, you know why I bring him in? Not just to wow you with the gifts of the Spirit, but to tell you there's a little prophet inside of you. Yeah. There's a little evangelist inside of you. That's why we bring an evangelist in. I pretty much cover the Word of God, but you need these other gifts coming in to let to actually awaken a part of you that understands, you know, I can operate in the supernatural, and I don't have to depend on these other people to do it. That, that wakes them up inside of them. So I think that's important why that we need all of them for the perfecting of the saints. Yeah, and uh, I did that as a pastor. I brought people in uh, maybe once a month or every six weeks, uh, to mm -hmm. te teach people things that uh, I didn't know or I wasn't proficient in, and, and it perfected them. And I, pastors need to be aware they're, they're not to compete with these other ministries. Mm -hmm. They need to be secure in themselves and their office and their calling. So. You know, the day we're living in, I think right now is probably one of the easiest times to witness that we've ever seen. The world knows something's wrong. Yeah. And liberals know something's wrong. And those that we've tried to talk to and reason with are now seeing the world is, is shaping in a way we never thought it would. I talked to a liberal one day and he says, well, I, all I wanted was just, just to have the government help to take care of the needs of people. I never expected this to happen to where they're actually robbing everybody yeah. you know, to do this. So this ought to be one of the greatest times and pastors ought to not only be teaching on end times, but end times is one of the easiest times to lead people to Jesus. And we were not called here for any other reason than to get people saved. That's why Jesus left us here was to win souls. And so above everything else that we have, we should be seeing people come. And listen, I, you know, I've got people I would love to see become the president of the United States, but angels won't rejoice if my choice gets in office. Yeah. But angels rejoice over one sinner that repents. It's the only thing that is eternal on this earth. And the closer we get in end times, more and more we need to lead people to Jesus Christ because their hearts are even turning in that direction right now. That's, that's so good, Bob. That's, that's, that's the word. A amen. I agree with that. Okay. Listen, I want to thank you for being on today. Consider you a great friend. And I uh, wish I could have got closer to you earlier. You know, it's just lately in the past couple of three years, you know, because of Kenneth, uh, Kenneth Copeland's ministries conference and then also working with, uh, with Andrew Womack, yeah. I've got to know you and I appreciate you so much. And so uh, 
thank you for coming on today. Well, I love you and appreciate you, Bob. I learned a lot from you and thank you for having me. God bless you. March the 7th through the 9th, I'm having my minister's conference in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Joseph Z will be joining me and I want you to join me too, no matter what phase of ministry you're involved in. March the 7th through the 9th. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts. You can also join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. Visit bobyandian.com. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast.